0: Hi everyone, Mark Tierney from Race Fuels. With the 2021 Repco Supercars season about to start, we're currently batching BP E85 Racing Fuel. Now, you cannot buy a controlled supercar tyre or wheel for your daily drive, and you definitely can't buy a Mustang supercar or a Commodore from your local dealership, but you can buy the fuel that powers the Repco Supercars Championship. Race Fuels' BP E85 Race Blend is available to the public using the best BP Ultimate, batch tested right here in Dandenong South. It's available in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. That's enough for me. Enjoy today's episode of the Pucked Up Podcast, powered by Race Fuels. Coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two
1: parts of the story as all red flag. This is a suspended uh, race.
2: It's episode 46 of the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name's Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Dalberto. As always, Tony D, this is our big Supercars preview episode. The Supercars are back. The first time they've been on track since the great race, the Bathurst 1000. All those very months ago, back in October, you were actually in that race. You're not going to be in this year's championship, but uh, we're going to talk a lot about it in this
3: episode. How you been? Very well. Thanks, Grant. Um, Very much looking forward to this episode because we do have a huge amount to talk about. There's been a test day since we spoke last, so we're going to cover that. A little bit of news as well. Mm -hmm. And then... We're going to uh, form our opinions on who is going to succeed this year, who's going to be hot, who's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just sit on the fence mm-hmm. um, where That's and where be I really live. boring. But we've got some special guests to come on the show, which I'll let you introduce. But um, I think with these guys on board, we might actually get a genuine opinion of how they're Going to go rather yeah. than just you know sitting on the fence and enacting hey. and all kind to everybody,
2: yeah, yeah. Now everyone can win in my eyes, that's for sure. <laughs> everyone's
3: but... a winner, everyone's a winner,
2: yeah. Uh, so as uh, as you're alluding to there, we do have our big supercars preview. We've got Andrew Van Lewin from motorsport.com and the great man Mark Fogarty from Auto Action, and they'll help us preview the Supercars Championship Season, the Repco Supercars Championship Season. So plenty to talk about and we'll go through each of the drivers, uh, each of the teams, and as you say, see who is hot and who's not. But before we get into the show, Tony D, I just wanted to get a little bit more info about this really nice thing that you're doing. Uh, I saw on my social medias over the the recent evenings that uh, you're Mm. doing a charity bike ride. And I thought that this was something that we, we should talk about. You're doing the Definitely. the big ride for little kids, raising yep. some cash for Camp Quality, which supports kids and their families dealing with childhood cancer. So uh, what, what's the go?
3: Yeah, uh, I like to set a bit of a challenge. And this one came across from my friends at Dick Johnson Racing. They're big supporters of Camp Quality. We know Ryan's story is is the number one supporter. It has been for many, many years and actually Camp Quality is on their race car this year. It's actually got signage on the front guard, but they're in a, in a bit of strife, Grant. They need a bit of help and uh, we're just trying to raise some awareness and some extra funds. So the whole idea is from March 1 to March 12, uh, you do uh, as many Ks as you can on your push bike. So you can do it, uh, I'll be doing it stationary downstairs in my home. Yep. Um, but you can get down the pass um, if you like. And it really doesn't matter how many Ks you do on the bike. Um, it's just about trying to um, get some funds in the door. And I'll tell you what, I set myself a goal of $750. That's which pretty is low, a I reckon. Low. No, yeah, I reckon but I've low. smashed it already in oh, one nice. day. I noticed well, you haven't actually donated yet or parked up, haven't? Not yet. Not, yet. not we'll yet. Give us
2: time. It only just popped up. Needed to speak to the accountant to see what we can <laughs> or can't
3: afford. Um. But I have done similar things before like this and trying to raise some funds is not an easy task. But I must admit this camp quality charity, you know, must really ring home for a lot of people. And uh everyone's getting behind it, which is fantastic. I think Dick Johnson Racing have already raised about twelve or thirteen thousand dollars. I might be wrong, might be more now, but they're right up there and only put it out there last week. So That's fantastic. And um, look, I, I, as you know, do quite a bit of exercise anyway. So it's really not anything out of the ordinary. So I thought I might as well, you know, put it to a good cause and see how much money we can raise. So looking forward to that. And like I said, it kicks off soon. Yeah, great.
2: Well, maybe you'd make more money, raise more money for good, worthwhile charities if, if you weren't pushing your own charity as, oh, the, as, the, as the thing. Like uh, you setting up a GoFundMe charity page <laughs> for, for Tony D's new back, backyard <laughs> renovations. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> I wish I could though, because I tell you what, that backyard renovation is costing me an arm and a leg. But it will be fantastic when it's done we can have a couple of beers there. I like it. Speaking of beers though. Hey, no,
2: wait, wait. This is a great cause. And if you do want to donate to Tony's uh, efforts behind the big ride for little kids and head to his Facebook page or Twitter page and there'll be links there and you can go and put your uh, cash that will go towards a great charity in camp quality. Thank you, Grant.
3: Thank you, mate. We might even put it up on our parked up Facebook and uh, think do about some it. socials around it. Yep. Yeah. We'll do Speaking that. of beers, I thought we might mention uh, we had a few beers on Saturday mm. at the we, beach. We went to the went beach. Went to the beach. Now, I wanted to talk about it today because when wherever you go, mm-hmm. you always have to take a camera. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're trying to capture memories and taking photos and video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it does come across a little bit creepy when you're at the beach <laughs> And you've got your full like camera gear on. Yep, the big microphone. And That's a bit big scary, microphone. It? And it looks like you're chasing girls yeah. around the beach, or Who's... kids, or something. Whoever's nearby. I'm surprised you don't get taken down by the cops. <laughs>
2: there were some. <laughs> there were some police there, and they didn't. Uh, they didn't say anything to me. And uh, you're right. Like the the camera is actually not too bad. It's just the big old um, dead cat that sits on top of mm. it to get the best mm. audio. I did make a little video for it, which I've put up on my my own private YouTube's, which is really just a family a family mm. sort of thing. You know, some people make an incredible amount of money from making their own family youtube videos like ridiculous ridiculous like they get there's a few families all around the world particularly in america my 11 year old daughter does watch some of them religiously and it's like reality tv it's reality tv for homemade videos really and yeah some of them are really well put together and they get so many views that they get all the youtube money so I don't think any of mine are going to quite get there, but I did make an, a new episode of life is a beach and, uh, that, to check it out. that is now up on my personal is, YouTube page.
3: It is very handy having you there with the camera though, because often, you know, days like that, you like to capture the, the memories, uh, family memories. And, uh, mm. you, you know, it's better than an iPhone. You've got the full blown camera to take the, the happy snaps and to edit them afterwards as well. And you send mm. them, send them to us all. And, uh, yeah, we've got on Ferris. So, uh, other than looking a little bit creepy, it's quite handy having. So, you
2: there. so you're saying I should send you an invoice for my mate, services? You did.
3: You did. You I, sent me
2: your bank bank details. I did. Yeah, but that was for the <laughs> fish and chips that we bought. <laughs> oh, mate, we didn't have fish and chips. We had an absolute smorgasbord. It was it. It was an absolute yeah. Saturday
3: afternoon delight. Yeah, that that was big. I uh, anyway, let's get on to talking about some car racing, shall we? Let's do some car racing because we've got some huge car racing
2: to come up this weekend at the Holy Grail, Mount Panorama, to kick off the championship. But before we get into our big season preview, let's have a look at the news. And the news is brought to us, as always, by our friends at motorsportwebsites.com.au. And they've had some huge news themselves this weekend, TD. The Motorsport Websites has formed a partnership with Torque Racewear to provide FIA-approved race gear including race suits, karting suits, and team wear to the Australian market. It's all bespoke. It's all handmade in your uh, hometown. Would you call Italy your home uh, (laughs) country of origin, maybe? Uh, Yeah, yeah, so it's all made over there, and it is there to help your team stand out from the pack. So T-O-R-Q is Talk Racewear. Now, the guys at Motorsport website, Shane and his team, are now the Australian distributors. So, uh, excellent Ooh. news. And I'm sure you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks, no doubt. So, Winton testing, supercars. I went mm-hmm. up there. You did not. I remembered how to get to Winton. That was an achievement. <laughs> but really great to see the, the supercars running around. Great to see some faces that... I hadn't seen for, yeah, for, for 12 months or so. So um, everyone was talking about how my, how gray my hair has gone, which I thought was a little <laughs> embarrassing, but no stress. Will Brown ended the day on top. But like we said last week with the Queensland Raceway testing for the
3: Queensland teams, you can't mm. really read too much into it. I wasn't surprised that the Erebus cars were up the front um, because they did that test day only a week or so ago before that test They'd done all their brake bedding. They'd, you know, they'd cycled through their tires. They, you know, they'd, they'd sort of got their eye in. So, when they needed to hit it in the morning when the temperature was low, they were ready to go. So, everybody else was still trying to get their eye in and shake off uh, the Christmas pudding, mm-hmm. and those boys had already done all that. So, very, very fast though from Will Brown, half a second up on the field, and really no one had a chance when once that temperature came in later in the day and you were saying on the weekend, it was unbelievably hot. So mm. generally that means the track gets a little worse as the day goes on. And uh, we saw that at the Queensland test day as well. So again, probably not a form guide, but other than Will Brown, it was very close on the lap times. So I don't think it's got any uh, easier out there. That's for sure. No, it's still going to be a pretty
2: tight run thing. Okay. So if we just move slightly away from supercars, because we know there's lots of supercar stuff to talk about later In this episode of Parked Up Powered by Race Fuels. Uh, But you have a new teammate at Wall Racing. Of course, Tony, you race in uh, the TCR Australia series, and Wall Racing prepare your Honda Civic Type R. But Wall Racing do a lot of other racing, including Carrera Cup. And this bloke by the name of Craig Lowndes is coming in to
3: do the first two rounds of the Porsche Carrera Cup Championship. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Typically like you, when I ask you, uh, what's going on? Is there any goss? I asked Wally that last week and he said, nah, 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 not much going on. Nah, we're just working away. And he did say that he had a pro driver ready to go in cup car and he wouldn't sort of let on who it was. And I thought, oh, it might be Joey Mawson again, or, you know, somebody like that, but bloody Craig Lowndes, like nice. that's a massive coup for the team. And congratulations to Wally and he, and his whole team for putting that together because, I'm pretty sure Craig Lowndes isn't walking around with uh, some sponsorship to spend. You know, somebody's funding that drive and a lot of work would have gone into to putting all that together. So great for the championship, great for wall racing and Lowndes, just awesome to see him out there racing and and see what he can do. I mean, he does have an affiliation with Porsche. We saw him race at the 12 hour under the Porsche banner and maybe that's part of that program, but yeah, not a full budget just yet, but who knows, if he kicks a year off in winning style, I'm sure they'll find the budget real quick. Yeah, no, you and I both love the Carrera
2: Cup Australia Championship, or all of the Porsche stuff that that happens here in Australia. They love their racing, and it's great that we're going to have someone of such a high caliber in Craig mm. Lowndes competing there, certainly for the first two events, and that'll draw so much attention to it as well keep lounges a bit sharp as well heading into the endurance races that's no good and as you say keeps that relationship with Porsche ticking along we know pre-COVID he was very keen on getting over to do some international style racing with Porsche uh you know potentially at Le Mans style racing or Spa 24 hour or or long distance racing like that. So this could be the restarting that desire for
3: him to go over there. I did want to touch on something though, Grant. It's something to do with wall racing. They seem to pick their drivers with the thickest eyebrows they can get hold of. So (laughs) it's going to be a competition between myself and Lounsey, uh, who's got the thicker eyebrows. You know, uh, maybe the thicker they are, the faster you go.
2: Um, Possibly. I don't know if... David Wall looks at the size of one's eyebrows before well, signing him up. Maybe he just, he might have like a fetish <laughs> or something, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's got their thing, don't they? Now the Porsches aren't going to be at, uh, Mount Panorama. They start their championship at Sandown. So that will be a great place for Lounsey to k- kick off his 2021 Porsche campaign. But at Mount Panorama this weekend, is going to be the Toyota 86 series. And, uh, Big field, as always, will be at um at Bathurst for, for that great class. But Clay Richards, the young son of Stephen Richards, is going to be in there. And now I think he's only 16, maybe 17 years old. So so pretty young, pretty fresh. He's just come out of Formula Ford. Obviously, didn't do too much in 2020 while we were all stuck in the covids. But typical of the richos, the car is got some unbelievable sponsorship from from the likes of uh, Shannon's insurance and a uh, a bunch of very autobahn well, very well known brands all over the car so um uh, Richard's always done a uh, Stephen Richards of course has always done a, an amazing job rallying support of big brands to go motor racing and it's rubbed off on uh, on young Clay as well, who's uh, who, who's doing that, and it's a real family effort. Priya, his older sister, uh, Stephen's daughter, made the uh, little video to to go with it. So uh, she's quite handy with the uh, yeah. the old cameras. I'm, I might
3: need to speak
2: you to her to, to get uh, her
3: come join the team. Yeah, you might have to get her on board to do a few videos. Young young Dewey might uh, lose his job real soon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It all comes down to the the uh, cost.
3: Fair enough. But no, really good to see Clay uh, making the next step in his career. And uh, third generation, no pressure. Gee whiz, I tell you what, those boys have got some Bathurst wins between them. And it'd be interesting to see how Clay adapts to the 86 and whether or not he's done many miles leading into the, this uh, year's championship. But to start at Bathurst is uh, fairly daunting. I know he did have... A couple of laps in his Formula Ford at the end of last year, so he's been doing a little bit of driving there, but uh, maybe a little bit different in '86.
2: Yeah, it should be. Have you? You've never done a race in the '86, have you?
3: No, just through still, this Grant, just your Stillborn,
2: right? Stillborn commentary career.
3: Yeah, that's right. And then I got banned for life. Crompton <laughs> banned me for life because I said the wrong thing on TV, apparently. And you uh, know
2: what? I went back. I had and two races
3: lined up. I had two races lined up.
2: I went back and listened to that, and you didn't do – it wasn't you. It was, nah, it was, was Noonan the, who fenced
3: Canter. I was the scapegoat, unfortunately. But anyway, well, I'm not bitter at all about that. No, well, let's that move doesn't,
2: on. Doesn't sound like it. All right. Hey, there's there's heaps of other news that we could talk about, but um, Facebook doesn't like us talking about news, so we might just leave the news real quietly, and we'll just park it over there because uh, we're going to get into some previewing of the 2021 Repco Supercars Championship. It's the biggest show in town. It's the championship that we love. It's the championship that fights for the Australian touring car title. It's been happening in Australia for many, many years, longer than you and, you and I, Tony, almost longer than mm-hmm. you and I combined. It's got all the famous names who have won the title, And uh, it all starts at our most famous racetrack this weekend, Mount Panorama. We can't wait for it to be back on our TVs. We can't wait to be back there live and and watching it all happen. Uh, Of course, we'd love to be at the Adelaide 500, but um, this one's gonna be at Bathurst. Now I'm gonna dial in two of uh, the best journalists in Australia. Their names are Mark Fogarty from Auto Action and Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com. Here they are. And this is the 2021 Supercars Championship Preview, brought to you by your good friends at Parked Up. Okay, and this is the Parked Up Podcast Supercars Championship Season Preview. As we said, we've got Tony D'Alberto. We've got Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com, and we've got Mark Fogarty from Auto Action. AVL, let me start with yourself, mate. You're over there in Perth. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're not coming to Bathurst, but something that has happened since supercars went racing last time is you won three big media awards, and uh, uh, that was a nice little kudos from the motorsport uh, media here to uh, congratulate you on your efforts during a what was a pretty trying 2020 season
0: yeah no it was cool and like you say it was a weird season so it was nice to get something like that out of it because I think as folks will know firsthand as well it was a pretty challenging year to uh to be doing our job so yeah that was pretty cool and you're right at this stage I'm not planning on going to Bathurst I have flights booked but um if I go I'm not allowed to talk to anybody from Victoria if I want to get back into Perth mm-hmm. so it kind of makes it pretty hard because I'll have to sit in the car park and not talk to six of the teams, anyone from six of the teams. So it's going to be weird, but I think I'm going to be watching round one on the TV, which I guess I should be used to by now after last year.
1: Yeah. Well, I wasn't okay. going to talk to you anyway. So. <laughs> one less. One less Victorian you have to deal with. and And thank you, Grant, for the stab in the heart.
2: <laughs> what? why was this big what to remind oh, you
1: because i was runner up to everything that he won you know, <laughs> no. well done
2: well what i should say is that mark fogarty from auto action here has won all of those awards that andrew uh, did win in 2020 but folks there is a big celebration happening at auto action uh, as we speak auto action is putting to bed its 50th anniversary edition of the magazine that has Uh, held up our our great industry over the uh, the past 50 years so uh, what can we expect in in this week's edition of Auto Action?
1: I've got to tell you it's going to be mammoth 92 pages at the last report so you'll need a wheelbarrow to take it home from the news agents or the convenience store digital version probably more wieldy but the whole team's put a lot of effort into it and you know why wouldn't you? 50 years of anything is a milestone, particularly these days. And we're last man standing in print publication, regular print publications on motorsport or motor racing in Australia. So it'll be one to look out for. It's got uh, plenty of juicy content in it. And uh, even for you young blokes, <laughs> it'll be interesting because you'll learn a lot. Now, folks, were you uh, have you written for every episode or what? <laughs> Tony. Um, No, Tony, only 49 years. So I've obviously been slacking. That's not continuously, but mostly. But I made my debut as a professional, as a journalist, in uh, an issue in March 1972 in Auto Action. So you you all have Auto Action to blame for me.
0: I like how grants talking it up, you know, upholding the industry. Every Wednesday when we were at Motorsport News, he was—he uh, wasn't quite as complimentary about a, a new episode, a new issue of uh, Auto Action coming out. We used no, to hide but him behind where is that
1: uh, now. We you know?
0: well, no, that's a very uh, when you when you went into the continuously still going one, I knew that slapback was coming. But we used to hide them under other magazines at the news agency in Brighton at the airport. You always <laughs> shoved a couple of copies of the Age on top of the stack of Auto Actions. It was. Uh, all part of the gamesmanship, but as you rightly point out, who's laughing now?
1: <laughs> no, but I don't know about laughing, but no, that was <laughs> the fun of the game for the longest period. Andrew. It was. And it was. Grant, yeah. you were both involved in the in the, the, mag, the mag the motorsport magazine wars, and that yes, it was a great time, and we wish that era was still here. And if you go back further, there are other publications that came and went, and you know, when I was a boy, which time can't calculate, you need carbon dating, you know, (laughs) the Bible of Australian motorsport or motor racing publications was racing car news. It was a great institution back in the 60s, 70s, and well into the 80s, long dead, sadly.
2: Well, now we rely on Facebook for all of our news, but uh, lo and behold, we're actually (laughs) not even going to get shown any of that. Anyway, okay. Hey, look, we could reminisce about all of those old things, but let's not. Let's talk about 2021 and the Supercars Championship season. Now, what we want to do here is go through uh, each of the teams and uh, talk about their chances, their realistic chances for success in the new season of Supercars. In the last season, in the current regulations, the current generation of vehicles before probably switching to the uh, the Gen Three. I do notice that Auto Action do like to put uh, a few question marks next to Gen Three on the cover. Okay. And I don't know if that's a, a ploy to sell more magazines or if there's uh, something genuine about there. Maybe, folks, you can bring that up very shortly. But let's talk about uh, the top of the town first, and I'm going to talk about Triple Eight first. Now, the reason I'll talk oh. about late, come on, is because it's because Shane van Gisbergen is listed according to Sportsbet as the favorite to win this year's title he's paying $2.75 uh, as we speak today and we're talking on February 22nd of 2021 he's paying $2.75 Jamie Winkup is the second favorite at $4.50 AVL let me throw it to yourself very first do those two guys deserve to be the favorites for the 2021 title
0: yep yeah, 100% I, I probably have them the other way around in terms of my uh in terms of my odds I think that um I think Jamie's going to be pretty hard to beat for the title this year, and his last year as a full timer. I think that's just going to be enough motivation for him to uh, to get on and get the job done. You would think that they're going to be the team to beat. Obviously, you know we'll get on to their their very bitter rivals over the past few seasons, um, DJR, pretty soon. But you know, there's just there's so much consistency there with Triple Eight. There's been a, apart from Grant McPherson moving on. Um, they're just you. You would just think they're going to be well positioned to go out there and um and really challenge for this title. See the fact that there's no Penske anymore as a bit of a bit of extra motivation to go out and beat him, as an opportunity to go out and beat him and, and sort of re-stand their authority as the clear number one team. So I think they definitely deserve to be right up there. Uh, I think Jamie is going to be pretty tough to beat, but you don't you don't rule Shane Van Gisbergen out of anything ever because if he wakes up in the mood, he is the best bloke there is getting about. So could be an interesting intra-team battle. There's going to be some other factors to the battle, but I think they are, they are well, they well deserve to be, to be listed as the favorites. Yep.
2: And folks, do you agree with that? And did, and do you agree with where the where sports bet has put those as uh, AVL had sort of said, he might've had them the other way around. What's your take?
1: Van Gisbergen ranking favourite. Should canter it in, really. It's all before him. Jamie will give him plenty of hurry up and plenty of jip, but you know, Jamie's just he's right at the end of his career and that consistency that you need is just not there, whereas Shane is still on the rise. He's as fast as so, yes, triple eight the team. Deserve to be favoured in the odds, but I would put SVG ahead of Jamie Reluctantly, I'd I'd love to see Jamie win his in his final year and get that eighth championship, but I'm just going with um, the giz at the moment.
2: And Tony, I know you've been wearing the opposite colours to the Triple Eights over the past couple of years and and fighting against those guys anytime you've jumped in a supercar. But there would be something romantic about Jamie winning this year's title.
3: Yeah, without a doubt, I think uh, Jamie um he likes having these fairy tale endings we've seen it before so i think he's definitely well positioned there's no doubt about it but i do agree with the boys svg he comes off winning at bathurst they had a ripper car there um last year so they're going to have a fast car to start the year and i think if you get that momentum going on your side there should be no reason that there's as folks said it's it's all in front of him and uh you know unless they stuff it up you know that they, they are very well positioned to win interestingly recently the the commodore has had a aero tweak i don't know how much that's going to change things or whether or not the the team are having to change the balance of the car maybe that's why they did so many laps of the recent test day to try and get an understanding of it but yeah unless that makes a big change i can't see why they're not going to be coming out the gate really quick
2: and certainly the team that will want to make sure that they don't come out of that gate real fast is Dick Johnson Racing. Tony, I'll stick with yourself. No Penske, no Scott McLaughlin. You've been embedded in that team for the past uh, five or six years. But Will Davison, um, you know, new to the team, or well, new now to the team. He, he raced yeah. uh, some 12 years ago with uh, with that squad. But Anton, certainly very new to that team now. They're listed as third... And fifth favourites with Will Davison, according to Sportsbet, paying $5.50 and Anton paying $7.50. How, do, how are they going to go without without the influence of Roger? How are they going to go without the speed and skill of Scotty Mack?
3: I think uh, without Roger Penske on board, it, it will have an effect. I mean, obviously financially, they're probably not quite as strong or secure, but they have come off three championships in a row. Uh, they know how to win. They've still got the same team behind the drivers. But, you know, are Will and Anton, are they going to be as familiar with those cars? Are they going to be as in tune with them as, say, a Van and a win cup in their triple eight cars they've driven for the last five or six years themselves or, or longer? Um, I think they're going to get stronger as the year goes on, especially um, Anton. Um, you know, he's young, He's hungry. Uh, I think he's going to be really, really fast. But then you've got the maturity of Will that will probably put a championship together. Um, But will they come out of the gate as strong as Triple Eight? I think it might be a little bit questionable. AVL, for you, who comes out on top at the end of the year? Will Davo or Anton?
0: Uh, I think it's really got to be Anton. If he is the next big thing, if he is, you know, the the next Scott McLaughlin, basically. A lot of similarities in terms of uh, where he's at in his career. Um, as he makes the big team move so i think anton has to beat will and that's nothing against will he's obviously a quality driver uh it's just that he's he's just at the the wrong end of his career and anton's at the right end of his career and i think if he wants to really be come out and say hey yep I, i'm I, I can match the hype beating Will Davison should be something he's capable of doing. Uh, it doesn't always play out like that. And like I say, Will's no easy bloke to beat, but that's that's really how it should play out. It's gonna be, you know, I think from a car speed perspective, even with Penske pulling out, if you look at the fact that they've got the same core people there um, behind the scenes, there's absolutely no reason why the cars should suddenly fall off a cliff. I totally agree with what TD's saying about the drivers needing a bit of time to get used to it. I think where we could see the investment the lack of investment, perhaps, or just not having that that never ending resource there. It could come if things get tight. You know, if you start talking about a development war, and I know there shouldn't be any big development last year of these rules, all that sort of stuff. But this is supercars, and the spending will keep going on right until the bitter end. Um, so that's where things could we could potentially see. A difference with penske not being involved anymore but that would be more towards the back end of the year uh, when things are getting tight from an operational point of view the team's got plenty of funding they're well placed with drivers we're going to see what just what scott was bringing to the team as well let's not mm. discount what sort of scott mclaughlin magic there was there as well Um, because you could argue on fabian's championship positions over the last you know fabian's a quality race winning driver you could argue on his championship finishing positions maybe the car hasn't been that good, but there's a lot of other factors that were perhaps affecting that. So we're going to see a lot of that um, play out, but yeah, it's it, it, it really is going to be one of the fascinating things to see where uh, where those two guys sort of filter in and, and what what role they can play in, in the season. I'll just let you add to that.
1: Penske's withdrawal from the team in an ownership stake will not make a blind bit of difference, dot, 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 this year. Next year and beyond, all bets off. And in the battle between Anton Di Pasquale and Will Davison, well, I'm sorry to say, if Anton doesn't come out far on top of that battle, something is wrong. He's new generation. is presumably an ace. He's slotting into a strong drive. Look, kudos to Will Davison to keep his career alive this long, and he's still a very effective racer. But there would be something terribly wrong if he dominated Anton this year. What Anton's got to do is what Scott McLaughlin did back in 2017, slide straight in to Scott and start winning. Different situation. Scott was a proven winner when he joined DJR Team Penske back then, but still pressures on Anton. He's supposed to be an ace, you know, he could have been a Formula One driver coulda coulda know, yeah there's there's huge pressure and also the balancing act that the new team boss story has to perfect is to make sure that those two aren't warring and that they're actually working together and maximizing the results of a very strong organization and a very fast car so you know it's going to be between triple and DJR Team Penske, uh, DJR, sorry. I I, I can't see it being anything else except, and we'll get to this, except if Cam Waters.
2: All right, now uh, let's move on to Tickford Racing. Now, they've downsized from four cars to three. Uh, They wanted to be four, but the other teams wouldn't let them do that. But they've still got one very, very, very fast driver. And basically... In my opinion, the best chance of someone getting on top of either the Red Bull Ampole team or the Shell V Power team. And that's obviously Cam Waters uh, had a sensational Bathurst 1000 last year, finished second. He he won a race towards the end of the year. According to Sportsbet, he sits at $5.50, equal third favorite with Will Davison. Uh, his two teammates for the year will be James Courtney and Jack LeBrock there, listed at seventh and eighth favorite uh, with Courtney at $31 and Jack LeBrock at $41. That's probably uh, the right money for those guys. Probably not going to win the title. Cam Waters absolutely has a genuine chance at it. AVL, do you reckon the bookies have got it right there?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he's definitely a, he should be a contender. This is his sixth full-time season. You know, he's a, he's a young bloke, but he's been around for a long time. So you start to get to the point of going, you know, if not now, then when's it going to happen? I think he really took a step last year from, I think it was about Townsville onwards. They they unlocked something with a setup of that car and he started, he started going a lot better. And, you know, he, he banked that first solo race win. He very easily could have won the Bathurst, uh, Bathurst 1000. If um that's just sort of the, the way the co-driver pairings were, didn't quite work for him and will, Davison was probably in the car at just the wrong, the perfectly wrong time. Um, and that sort of cost him there, but they certainly had the pace to do it. It, it. This could very well be his time. He just needs that car to be consistently quick across the season. And that's not something we always see coming out of Tickford. Um, and then he's just got to get out there and drive the thing well and, and win races. And he's a, yeah, he's a chance. I, I, I think it's going to take a big effort to get ahead of the triple eight cars. Um, but it is certainly not impossible. And somewhere around 550 is probably uh, probably about right.
2: Now, folks, I'm sure you'll agree that Cam Waters is one of the favourites, but let's talk about James Courtney and Jack LeBrock. What's the best that those guys could hope for in 2021?
1: Right, you and OVL are right. Cam Waters is a genuine title contender. He's got to be. He's fast. He's got everything. Pickford have got their act together with some sort of consistency, which is unusual. Jack LeBrock, uh, he has to make a move this season. It's now and ever, I'm afraid, for Jack. Much trumpeted so far, hasn't quite got there. James Courtney could win races. He was a super talent 15 years ago. He's no longer a super talent, simply because he's, well, he's 40. But he can win races. So, overall... And we saw that with how competitive Lee Holdsworth was over the last couple of years. They can do damage, but as for title contenders, Cam Waters is their lot.
2: Right, let's move uh, on to the and Andretti United team. Now, stability is the key for them. They've got Chas Mostert and Bryce Forward, largely unchanged lineup uh, across the entire organisation same group of sponsors uh, some fancy new colours that uh, run across their cars but uh, largely the main pieces remain pretty stable within that team chaz is listed as the sixth favourite according to sports bet he's actually pretty tasty at uh, at 21 bucks probably the best value of the leading contenders and and even bryce forward actually is listed as the Ah, uh, tenth favourite driver to win the twenty twenty one Australian Touring Car Championship. So that's um, that's not too bad for Bryce. But uh, Tony, do you agree that stability is the big strength, and and can they can they step up, or can Chaz in particular step up and and threaten those uh, top three teams above them?
3: Without a doubt, um, we know how good Chaz is. We know how good Adam, Adam De Boree is, his engineer, and Walkinshaw have definitely. Step things up, and I think they definitely can be contenders. You got to remember, last year was the first year for Chaz in um, the Shore car, so there's a lot of learning going on. There's a lot of development going on. I remember back to Talon Bend where he qualified the thing on the front row and blew the tires off at every every race. So they're obviously trying things on that car. So they're going to go into this year with a huge amount of knowledge, and uh, they should be fast. They did finish on the podium at Bathurst last year. So they're going back to to Bathurst, um, you know, presumably with a very similar car and a fast car. So I think they should start the year well. And uh, Bryce Forward, for me, he did a fantastic job last year. He, he managed to get himself a podium in his first year and he, he was genuinely quick. I mean, he, he's not going to be winning the championship, but he will definitely surprise people. And if the car's good, he'll put it up the front. AVL, do you agree that at
2: 21 bucks you might spend a couple of bucks on Chaz to win that championship?
0: I mean the odds are pretty pretty tasty. There's no doubt about that. But I think you're probably not gonna get much return from it. Everything is moving in the right direction at WAU. There's absolutely no question about that. They've signed Grant McPherson to come into their engineering group at some point when he's when he's gardening leave ends. That's only going to help sort of bolster their engineering stocks. It's a pretty good Technical lineup, anyway. Um, Chaz is obviously good enough to win races. We definitely know that. Um, I just don't think this is quite the year. I think it's all heading in the right direction. I just think he's he could well win races. In fact, i will be surprised if Chaz doesn't win a race or two at some point this year. Um, but I think we're probably looking maybe as we head into into Gen Three year we win Chaz can and WAU can start contending for for titles. I don't know if this is quite going to be the year, but race wins absolutely. All right, moving on to Erebus Motorsport. From a team
2: like WAU that has stability, this team has had a raft of big changes uh, across the off-season, including uh, losing both drivers, uh, David Reynolds and Anton De Pasquale have gone, and in step, two rookies, Will Brown and Brody Kostecki. Uh, Brody Kostecki just recently revealed his new look Boost Mobile entry. And the bookies have him surprisingly equal eight at 41 bucks while uh, Will Brown, the fastest in Winton testing uh, late last week. He is 16th on the list, still at 71 bucks. But folks, for yourself, do you reckon the bookies have got that one right?
1: They're all dreaming. The whole lot of them. (laughs) Bookies, the team, everyone. No, seriously. How can a team go through so much upheaval and disruption and rancor and really expect to come back as a consistently strong force. They've got two good young drivers, you know, Brody Kostecki. I mean, I love him. I mean, the bloke who fixed up Jamie Wincup Cup of Bathurst, like what is not to admire about that? He suckered <laughs> the seven-time champion into a huge mistake. He's obviously got, well, big cojones. So he'll be worth watching, and Will Brown's got pedigree, but... I think this I do think the team is deluding themselves that they'll just bounce back and be competitive like they used to be, you know, which is a shame. They're a fan favorite because they're different, they're outliers, you know, they're what they're run by maniacs. <laughs> but, you know, and when you had the greatest combination of lunatics ever, you know, Betty Klamenko, Barry Ryan and David Reynolds, match made in heaven, well, except it wasn't. So, no. Nah. Not not rating him. So
2: AVL, what what do you reckon? what's the uh, what's the best that the this new look Erebus rookie team could uh, could sort of expect come into the year?
0: I I'd be amazed if either of the two drivers finished in the top ten in the points. To be honest, I agree with with everything that folks said just then. I think it's a big um I think it's going to be a tough year for them. I think that's just the reality and not because the drivers aren't up to it, but the driver lineup isn't as good as the one they had last year. The engineering lineup isn't as good as the one they had last year and they struggled enough last year. So even if it's a more harmonious environment, I can't see that they're going to be that quick. I think, you know, we can't read much into testing times because in both tests, we saw some, you know, the, the guy who went fastest was coming off at having already done a full day of running, obviously put decent boots on early in the morning when the track was quick and the conditions were cool. Really not. It's a prost, whatever year it was, topping testing in Formula One sort of situation. There's not a heap you can you can read into that. So yeah, if either of those guys, if either Will or Brody finished in the in the top ten, the points, that would be an exceptional effort. All right, let's
2: move on to the Kelly Grove Racing Team. David Reynolds is at fifty one dollars. Andre Heimgartner at seventy one. Well outside. Uh, the favourites and, and certainly not even considered title contenders for this year. Tony D, the Kelly team now has a, a, a life after Rick Kelly. It's a, a, a time where the, uh, the the family driver isn't driving for the, the family team. How much is that going to change? Is it, is it a benefit? Is it going to be a hindrance?
3: Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be a hindrance. I mean, I I think it's fantastic that Grove uh, coming in to bolster up the team financially, uh, maybe put a few ideas in there as well. You know, obviously David Reynolds is a, uh, yeah, a very, very good driver. He's coming off a a bit of a poor year, but he's got a lot to prove, put it that way. He's got a lot of familiar faces there when when he drove there previously. The big thing for me with Kelly Grove racing is going to be consistency during the year. They showed last year that they could be fast at times. Andre put on pole at Sydney Motorsport Park early in the year and, and showed some form, but they just can't do it week in, week out. They always say they found something and now they're onto it, but it doesn't sort of translate every single session, every single weekend, which you need to do if you're going to try and challenge for a championship. Both of those guys have got a huge amount of experience. There's no doubt about it. Um, for me, Andre will be the leader. And I think Reynolds will have to work pretty hard to try and beat him. That's a big call. Folks, do you agree with that?
1: I actually pretty much do. I I can't see it all coming together. You know, how many years have they, that team, been at it and really haven't made an impression? And David Reynolds is flat out fast, but has other issues, clearly. I rate Andre Heimgardner, yeah. But whether that team can finally get themselves together as a cohesive unit, I I would have to question. You would think so. And if they do, kudos to them for the money that the Kellys and now Stephen Grove is investing in that operation. But to be brutal, can't see it, no. AVL, you get to spend
2: quite a bit of time with Reynolds on your um, rival podcast, Below Mm -hmm. the Bonnet, do you reckon he's, rivals, he's in thank
0: you do you,
2: reckon, do you reckon he's in the right frame of mind to get the most out of this new venture with Kelly Grove?
0: Uh he's definitely in a much better frame of mind than he was last year. I mean he was he was not in a good way last year the whole environment there I mean that relationship just just was was in tatters it was in complete tatters and yeah he's definitely he's just happier already just in his usual day-to-day interactions he's he's clearly happier um but they're just an inconsistent team. They're just so hard to read what they're going to do. They can be so quick, you know, and and then they can just completely fall off a cliff. So you can't necessarily see that changing in the short term. The investment from the Groves, that's awesome stuff, but that stuff takes time. Doesn't matter whether it's Groves or Penske's or Andretti's or Zach Browns or whoever it is spending money. It all Van and Motorsport. Time another one of the big dogs out there. Um, It all takes, uh, it all takes time for that investment to pay off. So we're not going to see anything immediate in that. So, yeah. And and I think, I mean, that's a huge call from Tony that, that Andre is going to completely wipe the floor with Reynolds. No, no. Um, I said Reynolds. Reynolds would have to work pretty hard. You said, I heard floor wiping. Um, I think that's, I think it's going to be a fascinating team battle. That's what it really is. I mean, Reynolds is still, He's still, he's still one of the, at his best, he's one of the absolute A grade. Mm. Um, we just don't necessarily see that week in, week out. But perhaps in a better environment, we're going to see it more often. And I think at his best, he will be quicker than Andre. Andre will see this as another great test to go and prove people like me that say things like that completely wrong because, you know, he really, he took on Rick and did very well. And this is his chance to go, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm right up there. So who knows? That could be, that could well be how, how it plays out as well. Now, one team that doesn't have any
2: intra-team battles is Blanchard Racing Team. Brand new team, and Tim Slade comes in. And the reason why I'm mentioning BRT right at the, uh, sort of in the mid-pack here, is that they've listed Tim Slade on Sportsbet at 51 bucks to win the championship. Uh, AVL, let me uh, keep with yourself. Slade's been out of the seat for a year as a full-timer. He obviously did the uh, endurance drive uh, with scott mclaughlin there at the djr team penske last year finished fifth at mount panorama uh, i think 51 dollars they might have got that a little bit wrong but your take the cool drive entry uh, acting as the basically like a fourth tickford car how do you think he's gonna go
0: well for starters we know for a fact that DJR has very questionable taste when it comes to co-drivers so we certainly can't uh, can't read anything into what he was doing last year but um yeah look uh, he's not going to win the championship that that's not going to happen i think that car will effectively become the fourth Tickford entry not dissimilar to what we saw 23 Red in its first iteration before it became an in-house entry so and we saw Davo go pretty well in that 20 19 season I think it was you know so there's definitely potential for that sort of system to work Tim's a quality driver he's won races he'll go out there and give the other two Tickford drivers you know if you take waters out of the equation a decent hurry up but I don't think he's going to be um, spraying the champagne and amongst the confetti come the Gold Coast at the end of the season Folks,
2: the age of the single-car private entries like this, is there still room for it at this level?
1: Move along. Nothing to see. Next.
2: <clears throat> Tony, uh, is there still room for single-car <laughs> private
3: run, privately run entries like this? Dude, I, I thought that went out when we left the championship about eight years ago. <laughs> it's, it's a very unique strategy by Blanchard's. Um, it's bold um to think they're gonna challenge is gonna be uh, i think it's gonna be very very difficult you know it, they're apparently gonna have a like a basically a skeleton crew running that car and it doesn't matter that it's come from a team that have got runs on the board it's not like i know it's not like they've built the car themselves but you've still got to tune that car um he has got Anton De Pasquale's engineer mirko from erebus have joined the team so there is a bit of experience there but it's it's going to be a tough road, I think, to try and challenge week in week out. Well,
2: we'll wait and see. He certainly got no uh, no worries about betting his teammate if that's uh, any <laughs> um, any bonus for him. All right, now let's. Move I think on the car to...
3: looks good.
1: There you go, bl-
2: blue blue Mustang,
1: Tony. Cool White. drive cars always do. They always yeah, look, they look cool. Right, I'm, team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I rate Tim Slade as a bloke, and I rated past tense him as the driver but how many chances has he had where did he get why do we think all of a sudden he's going to come out of the box and prove everyone wrong that he shouldn't have been let go from a full-time drive i you know isn't there a time when it, it it's passed you've missed your shot potentially i think he he probably
3: doesn't think he's going to come out and win the championship, but I think he probably thinks like a James Courtney, he's still got something to offer uh, the championship as, as a driver, but I don't think Blanchard's honestly putting a car on the grid to uh, challenge for race wins, especially this early on, you know, maybe in the, in down the track, if they become a two car team and a bigger operation, they might be in that position, but certainly not at the moment, Uh, but it is a lifeline for Slady. And I think he's very appreciative to get himself back on the grid.
1: But Tony, I mean, how many years do the Blanchards expect? You know, how, how long can they be happy at the back of the grid?
3: Well, I would have to ask them.
1: That's where they've been. That's where they've been. And you'd think the whole idea of moving on to their own team is to move up the grid significantly. For sure, that's mid plus. Otherwise, I they think they been, will... they could have stayed where they were. This will be a I step think...
0: forward. This will be a step forward, surely, on on what they were doing before i agree i think slady's gonna filter in somewhere around your sort of jack lebrock level that's where i, I yeah. think he's capable of sort of running around there so i think it's going to be it's definitely i i don't totally disagree with what you're saying folks and that's what i said at the start he's not going to be a factor in anything beyond hanging around scoring top 10s on good days but um i i think it's going to be it is still a step forward for 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 blanchard and 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 spending his his cool drive marketing budget for sure well he didn't want to in
1: be control. It'll
2: want to be over. We move on to Team Sydney. And now Team Sydney is listed quite high in the uh, sports bet um, odds list because Fabian Coulthard is paying $51. His new teammate, Gary Jacobson, is at a pretty rich $276 for every dollar that you stick on him to win the title. Um, Tony D, you've uh, you've worked with Fabian over the past five years. Uh, New environment for him a uh, brand new bright yellow and black Commodore. How's it going to go?
3: It's everything he needed. He needed a change. He's got it. He's a race winner. He's going to shock some people. You oh. heard it first. Wow. Okay. I put my neck out there.
2: AVL, tell me, do you reckon Tony's right? Do you reckon Fabian will take Team Sydney from the southern end of the, uh, of the ladder and bring him up?
0: I think he's going to help. I think it's going to make a difference. I, it depends what. So, what do you mean by shock people, TD? What are we going to see? What's a shock? Because what's a ever, shock? Ever, is it Top tens? Is it like what? Are, where? Where, yeah. where? What's your definition of a shock?
3: I think everybody will think he's going to run, yeah, you know, in the back row, um, because we've seen those guys run towards the tail end. And I reckon Fabs, if he could snag some top tens, qualify well, um, it would be out driving where that current equipment is. So um what everyone has to remember and and obviously i'm a mate of fabs but he was up against the one of the best drivers informed drivers of the championship for the last five years or whatever he was up against scott scott would make anybody look bad in the same equipment he's just at the peak of his powers
1: there's also there's also plenty of and he did make fabian look very bad there's plenty of question marks
0: over over like you know Setup up direction and all sorts of stuff who, who, you know, obviously Scott was getting a lot of love in that team, but they're all, that's a, that's a whole other podcast that we could go into. But oh, yeah, I, I look top tens. Sure. Maybe um outperform the equipment. Definitely. We didn't really get to see because JC left that team. So early last year in terms of having a, a really proven commodity behind the wheel. We didn't really get to see much of that um, last year from Team Sydney. So, you know, yet some top tens could be, it could on the cards maybe but shit that's going to be a really good weekend when that happens like an exceptional weekend i think we're going to be on genuine pace yep i think i think on i think yeah yeah, exactly i think sort of anywhere above the midfield is going to be a a good outcome for fabs but it's it it, it's going to help that team absolutely no question about it folks
1: do I dare
2: ask you anything about teams (laughs) (laughs) or
0: are you going to tell me to move it on
1: We are wasting a lot of time, aren't we? (laughs) Look, Fabs is absolutely at the top of the second level, which may be damning with fake praise. But, yes, he'll drag that team up. But, I'm sorry, he couldn't help but drag them up. I mean, seriously, have a look at them. And we just don't know the resources that are behind him. He will make a difference. I worry about Gary Jacobson. I, I wonder if he's jumped out of the fry right
2: panning into the fire well we're, we're about to see and folks if you don't mind i see on our zoom call here that you're sitting outside if you don't mind just shooting that bird that's um that's oh, uh, tweeting in the background there
1: i it's would okay. if i could i assure you
2: <laughs> all right let's move on hey brad jones racing now nick Perkett was their best driver last year i think he finished sixth in the championship now sports bet don't rate that at all they're saying he's paying 71 dollars now, look, I, I rate Nick very, very highly uh, and he's easily Brad Jones Racing's uh, best of their four car team, but $71 is an absolute joke. Sports bet, you've got this wrong. Jack Smith, Todd Hazelwood and Macaulay Jones are all paying $276 uh, to to, to win, the, the, win the title. They're in the uh, Gary Jacobson League. Uh, AVL, let me throw it to yourself. Nick is the one who is holding the flame for those guys for sure.
0: Oh, 100%. And I'm not, um, I'm certainly not saying that Nick is going to win the championship or that he's even really going to be a title contender. I think the reality is that the team just lacks, you know, these, these equipment just lacks a few tenths. It's just, it's always kind of there, but not quite there. Might win a couple of races, you know. When when the opportunity presents itself, he does. He's a quality driver. I really, really rate Nick. I think he's he's right up there with as as good a you know with with anyone in the championship. But like, so he's paying like twenty bucks more than Sladey and who else and, and Fabs. Yeah, that's right. That's madness. That is absolutely there's there's some some interesting stuff doing the rounds at sportsbed if that's what <laughs> they um, if that's what they think. And yeah, so it, you know he's should end up comfortably in the top 10 in the points again, you would think. Now, uh, look,
2: Nick Nick's credentials are no problem. Todd Hazelwood is the other driver in that stable who has proven that he can do the job. Uh, maybe not as often. Nick will certainly rag a result almost every time, almost in that ilk of, of Garth Tander where he might not have had the best motor vehicle but somehow still gets gets to get a, a result better than the the car or the entry had had deserved. Todd, I guess we're still only into his third full-time season. But um, folks, tell me, Todd Hazelwood, can can he uh what does he need to do to take the next step in his supercar's career?
1: Full of potential. He and Nick Perkett certainly can win races for BJR. When they get everything together, but that is very much a team of two halves. You know, Perket and Hazelwood, yes, are on their days potential race winners. The other two, not not so much. And PJR, you know, they take on a big workload running four cars out of you know, but somewhere I don't, you know, wherever they're based. No, I'm joking. But you know, they're they're up in Albury. They're out of the loop and. They've got every element there. They just never seem to quite get it together. So, in essence, basically, Nick Perkett is definitely a chance for a win when he can. And I think Todd has got the talent and is just waiting for the right opportunity to put it all together and just and to steal them a win. But, yeah, it'll be – for BJR, it's stealing wins. It's not consistent contending.
2: TD, for yourself, what's the best that, that Nick – Todd Hayes would, or even Jack or Macaulay could expect in 2021?
3: I think for Nick, uh, there's no reason why he can't be top six in the championship again. He is, I, I rate him as uh, being in that top group of drivers. It's just, again, whether BJR um, have the funding behind them to and resources to do it properly. Um, I'm sure as the year goes on, it gets a little harder. And for some reason... Every crash in a supercar seems to be in a BJR car. They just <laughs> seem to always get involved somehow. They have monumentals and to see Brad's face most of the time, it looks uh, like a lot of stress on his shoulders. Yeah, I agree with Todd. He's super fast, but he's a little ragged. And for Jack, he's actually uh, surprisingly quicker than what most people give him credit for. Generally, he will he will do as well, if not better than McCauley. And McCauley's done a hell of a lot of laps uh, in a supercar. So, I'd like to see those guys bridge the gap a little bit to their teammates um, because they've still got a little bit of work to do.
2: Cool. Let's move on to the second last team that we have. And of course I'm listing these in the way that SportsBed have listed them. And we've uh, finally made it to team 18. This is the team that finished ninth and 10th in the championship last year, but they've put Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye both at $176.00 to win the title. Now let's, let's face it. Realistically, uh, the the team probably isn't going to be able to win the championship in 2021, but they've got some high expectations. They're, they're talking about trying to compete with the likes of Tickford to be that third best team. And, um, you know, based on what they had last year, based on the engineering recruits and some driver stability within the team, sponsor stability in the team, They've got every right to think that that's where they should be.
3: Sports a Little, a little disclaimer here, though. Grant <clears throat> does work for these guys. So. Yeah, I
2: do a little bit of work for them. No problem. But but for Sportsbet to give them a hundred and seventy six dollars, uh, for each dollar that you put on them, I think is an is an absolute joke. AVL, you tell me. Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye, can they go better than ninth and tenth in 2021?
0: Um, yeah, they can. Yeah, people can do all sorts of things as always. <laughs> okay. But um uh look, it, it's it's one of those things that it looks Maybe like Maybe I'll get a good haircut. You, you know? never know, mate. Stranger things, yes. stranger things. Unlikely, baby. but <laughs> um Um, yeah, it, it's making that next step is actually very, very difficult, you know. Like that team performed really well last year. Um and just matching that again, I think would be a, a, a really good outcome, you know, because the next step is really regular podiums and then semi-regular race wins and all that sort of stuff. And that's – it's just such a hard step to make. It's so hard to make that final leap to going, okay, week in, week out, we're going to go out and we're going to push 888 hard and we're going to push DJR hard and we're going to beat Tickford and we're going to beat Nick Percat and we're going to beat these guys – week in, week out. And that's a that's a hard thing to do. So I think, look, regularly contending for podiums, um, sort of hovering somewhere around the top 10 of the points, that's going to be a pretty good outcome. What's going to be fascinating is just to see, you know, round two of Scotty Pye versus Mark Winterbottom because it was an absolute ball terror last year and there wasn't much between them at the end. Um, so seeing Adam go at it again, that's what I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to. And if they're doing it, somewhere near the front of the field, it's going to be even better. And, you know, I think the big thing, uh, and it seems like a really obvious thing, but, you know, Scott's just got to sort out his qualifying pace uh, without doing some sort of damage to his race pace, because then he will be in the frame for regular to to, to regularly contend for podiums. I reckon TD for you, who comes out on top at the end of
2: 2021 winner, a bottom or Scotty
0: pie.
1: Scotty pie folks. well, he was a standout in that team last year. He, um, I thought he was a star performer there. And Frosty hasn't lost it. He's, he's, he's still up there. So I think that team shows surprising potential. And I'm sorry, Grant, but sports bet on their odds for motor racing. They are rubbish. No, I know. We, we should be throwing money at them because they have no clue. But yeah, Team 18 is. Uh, I have to admit, I think. <laughs> they never cease to surprise me. I, at the start of it, I wouldn't have given them much hope, but they're a credible organisation now. For the, for the record, I think Scotty Pye will come out on
0: top of that on the, of that battle as well, but it will be interesting. It certainly won't be a walkover.
1: No, you're probably right. And it's quite almost a fairy tale, isn't it, for the, the lost boy of supercars. You know, originally managed by Roland Dane, you know, was sent overseas to do things there. It didn't happen, so... You know, he come back, he came back, he would have thought he'd be the new Jamie Wynn Cup, but Roland fell out of love with him and and the guy just grafted away. And as I said, I thought he was a standout last year.
2: Well, it'll be interesting to see the battle between uh, between those two guys. And that brings us to the very last team in our list. It's Matt Stone Racing, Jake Kostecki and Zane Goddard. Of course, Zane Goddard topped the Queensland testing at, uh, at the Ipswich Circuit a couple of weeks ago. AVO, I don't know if we can read too much into that because uh, Sportsbet obviously didn't um, pay too much attention to that pre-season test. As these two guys are listed at the whopping $501 to win the Australian Touring Car Championship or the Supercars Championship. What's the best that the MSR squad can hope for in 2021?
0: Oh, top top half of the field at any at uh, any occasion i guess like i think it's going to be a it's a tough season there's still two young drivers you can't read anything to the test like i said before they had a full day running up their sleeve Uh, and if you decided to try and go quick in the morning then you were going to be pretty hard to beat so the margin was like half a second or something which says which says it all so yeah look uh, there's nothing really to say i can't see those guys really doing anything uh overly uh overly impressive unfortunately i think they'll just sort of uh zoom around at the back and and that'll be it
2: tony difficult for the the young blokes it's definitely a a junior development team what's the best that they you, you think that they
3: could achieve this year well i think they'll definitely uh go better than last year i mean they sort of split the rounds last year so they gained a little bit of experience but I still wouldn't say they've done a full year in the supercar championship just yet. Matt Stone Racing is an interesting one. Sometimes they are actually very fast out there, but there isn't the consistency and whether that comes from the driver or the engineering group or the team, I'm unsure. But again, I don't think they've really got their expectations to win the championship. Um, It's about giving these guys an opportunity in a team to gain experience and, and hopefully move on with their careers. So... We'll see, but they did top the times, mate.
0: You know, like that—that's got to hold some credibility. Come on. Wait till TD's put his ten bucks and he's got five grand or whatever it is at the, <laughs> the, at the end of the uh, at the end of the season, folks. Do I dare ask you about Matchstone Racing, or are you
2: going to tell
1: me to move on? Uh, they can only go up, but they probably won't.
2: It's definitely right. it's definitely a hard they're, it's a hard road.
1: They're in a they're they're in a desperate race to the bottom. It'll be. Epic and heroic, battle at the back of the grid.
2: Well, we've gone through all 26 of the supercars field for the 2021 season. The only ones we might have missed out are some wild cards, which haven't been announced yet, so we can't really talk about them. But, boys, just let me just uh, quickly ask you about wild cards. Would you like to see a few of them come through? I know there's been a bit of chat about maybe Thomas Randall doing, doing a couple is is wildcard entry something you'd like to see with some regularity or or just maybe even more so than what we've seen over the past few years?
1: More the merrier. You know. Add extra cars to the field, can't be bad. The best wild card this year, I reckon, could be Scott McLaughlin not in a DJR Mustang.
2: That's big. How
1: would that be? Well, because he's not going to get back for Bathurst, not as we know it, because of the travel restrictions and timings. But he could be available for the last couple of rounds. How good would that be? Particularly if someone else stepped up and gave and gave him a drive, and he gets to go against his old team. I, that would be fun. Just putting it out
2: there. It would be fun, and I'm sure there might be some teams who might think about that. But
1: I, yeah.
2: I don't can't see how he. My, how? Why he would do
1: that? His only contractual obligation is to GJR for Bathurst. Nothing else. Hmm. The rest of his well. deal is with Team Penske in the United States.
0: Anyway, I didn't I, ask I you tell. for
1: your opinion. You hmm. asked me for my opinion. <laughs> Fair what enough. What is going on here? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I
0: think uh, I think Team Penske have got a few uh, have got a few cars now. So maybe we'll see Scott McLaughlin in a Team Penske wildcard. Going up yeah. against their old, their whole old team. How good would that be? That would be good. Yes. Getting loose now, boys. It's getting
1: late. <laughs> <laughs> it is getting loose. Don't you? You're right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Mark Fogarty and
2: Andrew Van lauren we thank you for joining our 2021 Supercars Championship season preview here on the Parked Up Podcast. We look forward to seeing you both in the flesh at some race tracks around the course of the season. Uh and obviously we can't wait to uh see if any of these predictions have uh come true in any way, shape, or form.
1: Good on Thank you guys. You. Good to chat. Look forward to seeing you all. I doubt if I'll ever get invited back, but go out in the blaze <laughs> of glory. We'll see what our lawyers That's say. It. That's me. Thanks, we'll boys. You. It's been fun. Thanks, guys.
2: Well, there you go. That is our preview for the 2021 Supercars Championship. Tony, lots of words, lots Mm. of chat, but I guess it just all comes back to that top end of town and the, the battle between the two Red Bull drivers can DJR rebound from losing Penske, losing McLaughlin and is Cam Waters a genuine title threat for me? They're the three big questions that have come out of all of that.
3: Yeah, it's really interesting. And As we spoke to Jess Yates last week, you know, she said this is a very different year. You know, we're losing Scott McLaughlin, who's three time champion. So you always when he was around, you always expected him to get pole positions and race wins because that's what he does. Uh, but now he's gone. Who takes up that mantra now and who can lead that championship hunt? And definitely I think triple eight are in the box seat, but you know, there's no reason why DJR equipment wise shouldn't be up the front. And let's not forget, as you said about Cam Waters, he was the guy that took it to Scott McLaughlin for the championship last year. So it's difficult to call right now, but I'm sure once we get through Bathurst, we'll start to get a bit of a form guide. Uh, But it will take two or three rounds, I think, before we really see the genuine contenders for the championship. i tell you what, it's it's really tricky um, to do these sort of podcasts and talk You know, honestly and openly about all these teams and and pass your opinion because, you know, we are mates with all these people and you don't want to offend anybody, but also you've got to say something. Otherwise, it's going to be as boring as batshit. So um, that's that's where we we get folks in. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we got him in and uh, he didn't disappoint. So uh, he doesn't mind ruffling some feathers, does he? No, especially that
2: bloody. I wish he'd ruffled the feathers of that bird that was hanging in the background and (laughs) tweeting its way through the whole thing. Oh my lord! Anyway,
3: hey, but we, I'm pretty uh, excited though. Pretty excited for this weekend. Of course, watch some uh, action. As I mentioned though, a couple of weeks ago, Steph and I are going away this weekend. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to actually watch a lot. Do of they racing. have Fox? Do they have FoxTEL? Well, I've Chaos. got it on my phone. I've got it well, on my You go. phone. Well, but, there you go. Yeah, but You've what am I going to do?
2: You just sit there and just tune in when the I'll, supercar session starts.
3: I'll just give Steph my credit card, and she can go and entertain herself in town or something. You and I'll the boys. She'd be you so wrapped.
1: You no, the, the boys, boys aren't going to be
3: there. Are you, where are you going? Are you going to Milan or something? I can't tell you because all our listeners will follow me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, I might miss a little bit of the action, but I'll catch up on it Um, on KO or some something.
2: Look, I guess Um, awesome that we're going to Mount Panorama for the first race of the year. But unless weather comes into play, you're going to be able to get – a five or six minute highlights package is going to give you the entire play because look, it was hard enough to pass around there with a thousand K race, a short, sharp, 250 K race, the pessimist in me, is saying that um, you know we could be in for a couple of snoozy races, but it, um,
3: it is around the greatest track that we have. So who cares? It certainly is. It's around the best track in the country, uh, but it does make me laugh a little bit when people talk about sprint races versus endurance races because they think that the sprint racer runs going to try a bit harder at the start and take more risk, and it's like we obviously never done an endurance race yourself because these days the cars last the distance no problem. And the drivers are just as aggressive as aggressive as ever so um we're not going to see a big change in uh, from that point of view anyway so i think what it will be is new teams new driving com- combinations trying to find their feet in a very short space of time going to a track that requires a hell of a lot of commitment it's probably not the easiest circuit to start your campaign but we generally started eclipse with 500 which is very similar as well so or i should say adelaide Five hundred, what was it? Super, Super loop. loop. Super loop. Sorry. See it just sticks with you. That's how <laughs> good marketing is. There you go. Yay. Cool. Um but yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting just to see the V8's back on our screens.
2: Yep. Yep, we can't wait. It's uh the motorsport season. We uh, in our TCR and ARG world would like to think the racing season has already started, but um, this is. No, it hasn't actually, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) You're still going up the back straight somewhere down there at uh, Launceston. (laughs) You might get to the, you might get to turn six one day, this one time this year. Yeah, exactly.
3: All right, let's wrap it up. Let's go.
2: That's it done. That's a parked up podcast. It's episode 46 in the can Mount Panorama and the start of the new supercars championship awaits us and you'll hear from us next week. All right, let's go. See you bud.